How's it going, everybody? This is Alex Caceres, and you're listening to Story of the Fight. What is up, Will? What up? <clears throat> Welcome, Story of the Fight listeners. My name is Ramiro. That's my boy, Will. And this is where we talk all things mixed martial arts. And there was a lot of mix in the martial arts last night. So, much. so we're here to discuss, here to recap, right? Yeah, that's what we're here for. If this Probably. is your first time listening, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. It goes a long way. And if you don't like watching us on the YouTubes, you can also find us in a bunch of other places. Right, Will? Yeah, it's at Story of the Fight on literally everything. If you go to storythefight.com, it'll list them all. You can click them, hit subscribe. Um, we're on Twitch, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything. Is it still Twitter? It's now X. Ooh, oh, we're on X. We're edgy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. Edgy. I don't. And the, and the little logos, like the black X now. I'm telling you, I was yeah, just, just looking like, at my it's phone. It's a random font. Hey, Regen says, what up, boys? What up, Regen? <laughs> what up? All right. Hey, UFC 291. All right. Let's get right into it. I was looking forward to this one. Dude, Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier. We can start talking <laughs> about it right now. Unless yeah. you have what, – what, 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 what's going on? No, that's perfect. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> but yeah, so with, the, <laughs> with this fight, again, the first fight was epic. Mm-hmm. Like every other Justin Gaethje fight, excitement. It was a full-out brawl, full-out battle. And even Justin Gaethje talks about the fact that like before the evolution of Justin Gaethje, where there's a more patient, more calculated Justin Gaethje now, this was the fight. The Dustin Poirier fight that yeah. made him think like, hey, I got to fight a different way, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because because before that, it was just, I'm going to run at everybody. I'm going to throw as hard as I can. I'm going to leg kick the hell out of you. And I'm going to throw these massive punches. And you're going to wilt eventually. But that can only get you so far, right? And then he faces Eddie Alvarez. And he faces Dustin Poirier. And he gets stopped by both of them. And it's like, maybe that doesn't work at this this elite level i need to reconsider and then yeah he reconsidered and he became this justin gaethje and i'm glad he did and i'm really glad he yeah. did, man. you know well, yeah uh, cause i don't i didn't want because i was watching gaethje when he was when it used to be world series of fight i watched him fight nick newell on access tv with one arm all that stuff and when he came to the ufc i was like oh get ready get ready i was actually at barry's house uh watching the michael john his debut fight and i was like yeah. Dude, this guy right here this guy's insane. And he has that highlight real fight for his debut. And I was a little worried that it was, this guy's not going to be here for a long time, but he is going to be here for a good time. And I'm yeah. very glad he's been able to adapt, improve, and extend his longevity because it means we get more Justin Gaethje fights. <laughs> and it's not like he became boring. It's just he, can't, he became a little smarter, you know? So, like, in the first fight, we talked about this in the uh, – uh predictions episode right mm-hmm. where uh justin gage was throwing those heavy leg kicks and then dustin mm-hmm. would come back with one two three punch combos and then justin would sit there and yeah. bite down and swing back 
Yeah. yeah. And you didn't see that this time. He would land that leg kick. Dustin mm-hmm. would come at him, and he'd step, get some lateral movement going on, you know, and, and he was just a lot pickier. Yeah. When he and, was throwing when he was throwing it. And the, the, the thing that I was saying is the inside leg, because the Gaethje leg kick that's, that's debilitating is with his rear leg, his right leg. But it and he landed a ton on Poirier in the first fight, and he ended up. I think he tore his quad or tore his uh, hamstring or something like that. But it's not like as effective as far as like changing the trajectory of the fight, the inside leg kick versus the outside leg yeah. kick. But because they're open stance southpaw versus orthodox, that rear leg kick that's normally an outside kick for Gaethje isn't nearly as effective. And then in this one, you see a ton of step up outside leg kicks with his lead leg. And I, as soon as he started doing that and he wasn't throwing that rear leg for the inside leg kick, I was like, man, this is uh, a little sketchy. Because the outside leg kick, even obviously your rear leg kick is going to be more powerful. But you could see that step up outside leg kick was was heavy from Gaethje this fight. And I was like, oh, no, he's doing the outside <laughs> leg kick, not the inside leg kick. <laughs> Regen says, I ran into Justin at the Nate Diaz-Michael Johnson fight. I asked him if we'd ever see him in the UFC. He said, I don't know. Look at him now. So happy for him. That's cool. He's always yeah. seemed like a dude, you know? BMF champ now? BMF champ? Interim champ? BMF champ? He just needs that one. Ah, man, I know. That ever-elusive. Uh, no one has ever gotten all three. <laughs> Ooh, he'd be the first ever, huh? He'd be the first ever. You know, I saw... Uh, Going into this fight, someone was like, uh, "BMF people who have fought for the BMF belt are zero and six against undisputed t- or in undisputed title fights." It's like, "Oh, damn!" There's only been four a, of them. Not a very good record. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll no but man, you you know you also mentioned something with uh, Poirier's high guard, where he comes mm-hmm. in with the the high elbow to block mm-hmm. that quite a bit, right? Um, that was really interesting to see too, because that that element is still there, right? That that's he just was part of his shots beautifully. Yeah, that's the first round. Dustin's, cool. uh, yeah, and you know that that I think it was the first round too, where Justin lands that uh, head kick, and it was mm-hmm. partially blocked, but you could yeah. still hear the foot smack the side of Dustin's head. And the thing I love mm-hmm. about Dustin, man, is that every time he gets tad, he, he <laughs> yeah he looks at him, gives a little yeah. nod. And it just puts his fist back up and, and starts walking forward. He's just such a yeah. savage, man. So much fun to watch. Both these guys. Yeah. I, and I was telling uh, – it was my brother's birthday yesterday. We were at the beach, and his buddy Lucas was there. And he was asking me, he's like, who do you have? And I was like, honestly, I have Poirier. But it's one of those things where, like, if they fought ten times, I would not be surprised if they were five and five against each other, mm. you know? Um, and the first round, I had Dustin Poirier winning that round. Um because he was rolling with shots very well, he was throwing that uh, front kick to the body really, really well. Uh, he, and I was like, man, that is money. And then he, he only threw like three times earlier in the first round, and he didn't really go back to it later on. Not that there was much time, but um, I was like, that is a money kick because they're, the whole elevation thing, Gaethje always gets tired because he throws so hard with everything. Like that is going to be – that's a ticket right there. Uh, he stung Gaethje uh, with the he left did. at one point, and I was like, Ooh. "He did." And even, left. even Poirier, yeah, Poirier said in the post-fight press conference, he's like, "I stung him, but I thought maybe he was kind of baiting me to come in, so we could land mm. a big shot if I like." And he's like, "In hindsight, maybe maybe I should have tried to capitalize on that." Um, 
I don't think he was that hurt. I think I think he probably would have thrown a big shot if if Poirier kind of tried to come in on that. Yeah. Um, and then in that second round, that high kick was there again, and it was uh, Leon Edwards, Alex Caceres. You throw that right straight with your rear hand, and you follow up with the same side high kick. That's beautiful. Your hips man. over. It is beautiful, and and Poirier he brings the arm up to block that right straight, and it's still there for the high kick. But it didn't matter because sometimes you nope. can kick through that shin and it still has that power. And then when he was – you you know he was out right away because his head bounces yeah. off the canvas, right? Uh, it, it was just one of those falls where you're like, oh, he's out. It's over. And then your boy, Herb Dean, comes in with the people's oh, elbow. Beautiful. Full speed. <laughs> right on, <laughs> yeah. and, and Dustin Poirier, you can see Dustin like – he's still kind of out of it. But he looks over and like reaches Herb? for Herb Dean. <laughs> Yeah, like he probably thought he was still fighting because Herb straight up bah, landed on him. So he's like, "Oh, dude, I'm still being attacked here." I like it's, no, it's Herb. It's I thought, Herb just landing the people's elbow. I loved it honestly. I thought Herb did a great job. He slipped. That's what happened, right? He ran in to oh, stop yeah. it, and he, and he slipped. He slipped. I bet you anything. He asked him for some hot sauce in the back, and Dustin was like, "Buy it, bro." And he's like, "All right, yeah. I'll see you. I'll see you yeah. out there. I'll see you out there. See this elbow <laughs> on site." <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Dude, yeah, what a beautiful, what a beautiful knockout by Gaethje, uh, and and then they immediately they had it queued up. It's crazy. They had it queued up. They pull up the Leon Edwards high kick because that was the last Utah event. Uh, yeah, and they show that, and it's man, just the same exact thing, just with the other side, right? Instead of the left kick, it was the high, the right kick. Um, the side to side comparison. Meanwhile, Kamaru Usman's in the in the cage. Celebrating with Gagey watching himself get flatlined on the big screen. <laughs> oh, did they show it on the big screen? I wonder if they did. Maybe. I don't know. But it was hilarious them cutting back from that and you see Usman in there and you're like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> That's man. the dude that got flatlined last time just like that. Who knows? Maybe Usman was the one that was like, hey, let's work on this, Justin. Let me show you <laughs> how this worked on me. Maybe it'll work yeah. on Dustin. Yeah. And, and it was really cool to see. Uh, uh Poirier man he's such a class act you can see them the way the way they were like talking with each other in the cage after the fight before they read the official decision or announcement or whatever um it was cool to see both of them with a mutual respect and just like he just got caught you know oh yeah it's cool and Justin Gaethje when he says yeah I told Dustin before that he's my favorite fighter yeah and and I was like oh that's so cool man dude because like you mentioned at the beginning of this, you're like, yeah, because uh, every every Justin Gaethje fight is violence. I was looking forward to this, and I was like waiting for you to be like, and every Dustin Poirier fight is violence too. So it's like, 100%. <laughs> because both of them, they've never been in a boring fight. Just so I have uh, I had some friends over last night. Uh, shout out Haberda. Shout out Hiller. And, uh, you know, the, the whiskey's flowing. We're having a good time, dude. <laughs> and, you know, your boy, dude, starts getting even more excited. Yeah. Uh, when I have a little bit of that whiskey in the system. And so I was telling <laughs> these guys, I was like, dude, this is guaranteed violence with these guys. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, you'll have, you know, a couple fighters that are about to go up against each other. And you're like, well, this should be good. Yeah. And then, you know, it, they nullify each other, you know, because it's a feeling out process and a really mm-hmm. long feeling out process. Somebody tries to do something that the other person didn't expect. You expect both these guys to go in there and just bang, man. And yeah. every single time they freaking <laughs> deliver, stupid. and I absolutely and, love it. Yeah, and it's crazy because like you hear both of them talking about in the lead up of this fight. There's no shit talking. There doesn't need to be any shit talking. There's there's just 
yeah, I'm just trying to prepare my body for like what it's about to go through. And like, and you're just like, God damn, like, <laughs> could you imagine the lead up to you're fighting? If you're Dustin Poirier, you know your style and you're fighting Justin Gaethje, you know his style. And you're like, it's inevitable. I'm going to be it in the hospital after this. And it is like, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 that mental, the mental game of this is so insane to me. Both these guys knowing that they're about to just get in multiple car crashes and they're like, that's the date I'm preparing for the car crash. Like, imagine that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. crazy. Uh, so Justin Gaethje was ranked third. Dustin Poirier was ranked second. Justin, now the BMF champ, probably moving into that number two spot, right? Um, he probably fights the winner of uh, Islam and Oliveira, right? You get a title shot most likely after this. Yes. yes. The UFC's going to capitalize uh, on this. I, I really like the thought of Charles beating Islam and then Charles going up against Justin again for the rematch. Yeah. I, I would I, rather, I would love that. I would rather Islam beating, beat Charles again and then Gaethje versus Islam just cause it's a fresh matchup. And I think mm. it, people are, I see already people are like, it's going to be the same as Habib versus Gaethje. I don't think so. That Islam is not Habib. He doesn't have that crazy, crazy aggressive pace where he's just in your face, not giving you any room, smothering you. He's a little bit more like willing to kind of stand and trade and, and you know, things like that. So it's a much more interesting fight, I think, Gaethje versus Islam than Gaethje versus Habib was. Regent yeah. says, I really hope Dustin retires, man. I love him, but either fight the people ranked below you or get out of the way. Yeah, in the post-fight press conference, they asked him, like, do you want to fight these unranked guys? Or not unranked guys, but these guys that are these up-and-coming guys. And he was like, not really. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you know what? I don't blame you. I wouldn't want to either. But yeah, it, it sucks when there's someone with a ranking who's going to sit on that ranking and not allow people to challenge for that ranking. Um, yeah. And, and at lightweight, who are those fights? You know, at this point. It, is it a Gaethje yeah. rematch for the trilogy? They're one and one against each other. They both stopped each other. If if Gaethje loses a title fight, he'll probably maybe they'll do that. Um, I mean, listen real quick. We have Diego Fajeda, Matt Frivola, Steamroller Frivola, Hanato uh, Moicano, Money, Jalen Turner, Grant Dawson, Dan Hooker, Rafael dos Anjos, Armin Saryukian, uh, Matus Gamrot, uh, Rafael Fazeev, Michael Chandler, Benil Daryush. Yeah. I feel like if I'm the UFC, I'm trying everything I can to get to book Armin versus uh, Poirier. Um, that fight's not going to happen. Mm. But if you if you're Dustin and you're saying, "Yeah, I want these these fun matchups that excite me," things like that. Who? Oliver's fighting for the belt. Um, maybe they do a rematch there if he loses his title shot. Uh, Gaethje's going to fight for the belt after this. There's no way they run it back right away. Um, Chandler, he just beat him. Dariush is coming off a loss. The only he, yeah, it's just. Do you think he'd go up and wait? He said, "I don't think he should." And he said in the post-fight press conference, "This is the best weight cut he ever had." When they asked him, "Oh, really?" Yeah, Regent says, "How are these lower-ranked guys supposed to make a name for themselves when the top guys won't fight them?" Yeah, that's been the case with lightweight for a while now. With Gaethje, Gaethje finally—it took him a year to finally people pestering him to finally fight down and fight Fazeev, which granted he did and he beat him. So props to him. Um, but yeah, it, it shouldn't take that. And yeah, if, if, in my opinion, if you, if you are a ranked fighter, especially in the top five and you lose a fight and 
you are not taking those fights, if you turn down two up-and-coming fights and you're sitting on a rank, they should drop you in the rankings. Ooh, it, I like that. It should just be an immediate drop. Yeah, um, I like that. And if you're Dustin, if you're Poirier and you're saying, yeah, I just want fun fights, then the ranking shouldn't really matter to him anyways. So Ah, that's a really you know, good point. Can't have that's a really place. good point. Regent says it's like when Stone Cold was at the end of his career and refused to lose to Brock. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, I like man. that. Yeah. But yeah, that was a very fun main event. Um, yeah. You know, I, there's a couple of uh, fights that I would watch every weekend if they were on every weekend, and this is one of them. Uh, yeah. You know, so. Give me, give me Gaethje versus Poirier in the main event. Give me Figgy versus Moreno and in the Moreno. co-main. You know? Oh, yeah. All day, dude. <laughs> Hey, hey, all the time, you know, and yeah. uh, give me a uh, uh, Boatan versus, versus uh, Stylebender, yeah, you know, because it's pins and needles, yeah, every single time, man, you know, uh, but yeah, hey, perfect Speaking transition. Of. <laughs> Speaking of Alex Pereira versus Jan Blahovich, oh man, this is Questions one. Oh, by answered. the way, hold on, let's go back because we did have a prediction yeah, episode, you <laughs> and your boy did pick Justin Gaethje by KO. Yes, he did. Pa pa pa. Yes. Uh, who did? Uh, so you picked Dustin Poirier. I picked Dustin. Yeah. Your boy from Louisiana. And uh, I'll still ride that anytime. Who did uh, Rich pick? I think he picked Poirier remember? as well. He did. I can't remember. Uh, maybe I can't Rich remember can type either. in the chat. Dude, how, how bad are we at this? We I know we, we're like we take note of what we. <laughs> we don't remember who we picked. Yeah. Or who picked who? That's funny, but I did pick Justin Ga- uh, Gaethje KO. I had predicted yeah. fourth round KO. Uh, my mm-hmm. prediction came to fruition a little sooner, but still predicted nonetheless. All right. Up next, we had Alex Pereira versus Jan Blahovich. Um, I had also predicted Alex Pereira taking this one, but I had also said KO, which that didn't come yeah. to fruition, but I did predict the win. Um, I picked Jan by decision was my pick. Which you were I close. You were close. <laughs> Camillo agreed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He yeah. gave it to Jan by decision. And, you know, that first round uh, with that takedown, I was like, oh, this is what I was scared of. I was but, scared of Jan yeah, taking him down, having that control up top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was super nervous before the and second remember, round. Started. Remember what I said? I was like, Jan uh is gonna grapple we know he's gonna grapple he'd be stupid mm-hmm. not to um but my question was i mean at sea level i think he takes this fight pretty easily um but i was like he's not necessarily a grappler that's not there's wrestlers who when they're exhausted they can still hit those transition they can still hit those takedowns because that's like it's in their dna at that point they've done it their whole lives when they're exhausted they could still wrestle it's the same reason why you know training jujitsu and stuff you do you do round after round after round you're exhausted or you drill or you work out at the beginning of class until you're exhausted then you start doing jujitsu because if you could do it when you're exhausted you could do it when you're fresh and if you get tired you're not a fish out of water right um so i was worried i was like at elevation that's not jan's like bread and butter it's not in his dna he might gas himself out trying to grapple but i'll still pick him and then he did and then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because after that first round he takes him down uh it was beautiful too because i was like is he gonna force takedowns or is he gonna stand and trade with him a little bit make him comfortable and then get the takedowns because that's ultimately how he was so successful against izzy with it um 
And the first kick, I think it was the first kick that Pajeda threw, he caught it and ran him to the fence and then worked the takedown. And I was like, that works too. Why stand and yeah. trade if you don't need to? Catch the kick. Um, right? And then he eventually does get the takedown. It was, it was a nice takedown. Ends up on his back. Um, threatens a couple times with chokes. Uh, I thought Alex did a fantastic job this round. Yeah. yeah. He did a fantastic job not trying to explode, not freaking out to get back up, try to get him off his back. He just fought the hands calmly, took the round off almost. Um, and I think that was a big difference maker because in the second round, you could see how much energy Jan had expelled trying to get the choke, trying to stay on his back. Because in that position where he's half on the side there with the body triangle, he, that's that's constant flexing. Your, bo- yeah. your body is working trying to keep that position, whereas Pajeda is kind of just on a knee, fighting the Lean. hands, Leaning calm. Yeah, first, yeah, exactly. Um, and you can see he was much fresher in the second round. Uh, and it looked like he almost got – he could have almost got uh, Jan out of there in that second round at, at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Um, you know, Jan had his back to the fence. He looked exhausted. He did a great job nullifying the left hook of Pajeda. I mean, it was it was basically not a weapon in this fight for Pajeda. Um, in fact, Jan's left hook was was very good. Uh, he he landed yeah. more left, especially when he would lead with it. Alex. Yeah, he looked really good with that. Um, so I had it, I had it split going into the third round. Is that what you had? Mm, yes. Yeah, one, absolutely. One to I had it the exact same way, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, in that third round, <clears throat> very interesting. It round. seemed like Jan was starting to get a little bit of a second wind. He definitely seemed more mm-hmm. tired in that second round. And I also think that he was he was hurt a little bit by uh, yeah, uh, by Pareda. Uh, so that might have also contributed to that. But he did look a little bit fresher in the third than he did in the second. Uh, the, the the trading back and forth to me was pretty even. And I know that there was a takedown, but he didn't mm-hmm. do very much with that takedown. So it just like makes me wonder what exactly was it that Edge did over for Pedeta? Was it just the fact that yeah. they felt like his shots were larger shots, that they did more damage? Um, you know, what was I think it? it was I think it was body language. I think because Jan looked exhausted, it looked mm-hmm. like he was losing. And look, I need to rewatch it. I was gonna rewatch the third round this morning and I didn't get a chance to, but in the moment. I thought Jan took that round uh, because uh, Alex did outstrike him in that round, but it was very close. It was really close. And while Jan did look exhausted, you could see every time he was landing on Beta, the head was snapping around. You know, I think Alex did land two very hard jabs that round that snapped Jan's head back. Um, But there was no like, clear edge in damage in my opinion it was a very close round uh stand-up wise and if it's if it's super close and you get a takedown with 40 seconds of control to end the round damage is the number one criteria number two is effective striking and effective grappling and those are scored the same if Mm. if the striking if the damage is is negligible because there was a couple flurries that jan was throwing like you said, where he would lead with that left hand or that left hook, and then he'd come in and, and he'd dart in with that uppercut uh, as Pajeda was like, I mean, he was snapping his head back too in that third round, but there was no clear, oh, that was a damaging shot where no one got rocked. It was very close, yeah. plus effective grab. I know they say all the time now, oh, he got a takedown, but it he didn't do any damage with it, so it doesn't mean anything. 
No, no, no. It doesn't not mean anything. It's still effective grappling, and it's mm-hmm. and it's scored the same as effective striking. It's just that's without damage included in the criteria. But if the damage is even, it's supposed to go to effective grappling and effective striking. And even that was even. You could argue this was a 10-10 round, honestly. Um, it was a very interesting round. Um, it was. Uh, Regen mm-hmm. says, I thought Jan had got that. It was close, though. Jan fought like he wanted it more in the third. Alex did not. Yeah, it was a very interesting round from Alex. I'm sure he was exhausted too, right, at elevation. But it was more like he was bouncy and stuff like that. And I think those optics are what got him that round. I really do. Um, I know. I'm excited, though. I'm happy you won. Oh, yeah, me too. It was just a very interesting fight. It was a weird, it was kind of a weird fight. This sets up Yidri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. And that fight. Let's mm-hmm. make it at sea level, please. Um, yeah. Okay. Can that, we not do heavyweights or lightweight light heavyweights ever at elevation? What are we doing? It's not. That's how we learn this with UFC Denver, UFC Mexico City. Like, what are we doing? Uh, yeah. Kane Velasquez. <laughs> Every time they're like, "Yeah, I'm done. I'm done doing this," and then they do it again. Roy C-level Nelson. Kane. Roy Nelson in Denver. Who thought yeah. that was a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> Regent yeah, says uh, Alex winning is definitely better for the division, and that's a hard agree. And I'm not saying this is and, a robbery. Or anything. It, it was, was very for my picks too, because I picked it was. Alex Pereira, Parabens, yeah. Parabens by knockout. Boatan, yes. <clears throat> so <laughs> I, I'm super excited. I did say by knockout. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, but, but uh, come on. Ultimately, I, I called the win. Come on. The name, the name matters more than the method. The method is definitely cooler when you get it, like the Gaethje knockout. It definitely adds yeah. like some flair to that pick. But the yeah. name is ultimately what matters. You know, there's a reason I text you about the Gaethje KO. I didn't text you about Alex Pereira. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Regent oh, says, man. I got Yidri in that fight, and I agree. I think Yidri, if he comes, it depends, right? He's been out for a long time. Um, the shoulder surgery is, is a tough one to recover from. It You get a torn shoulder, and you uh, get that repaired. It's sometimes never the same. But if there's Dude, anybody the who can come back from that. It's Yidri Prohaska has been smashing that shoulder into trees, trying yeah. to just toughen it up and make it better. So yeah, he's, he's out there in like weird ass like warehouses and punching shit. He's climbing mountains. Like I yeah. think if anybody can come back and have like ring rust and injury questions, if anybody it shouldn't affect, it's Yidri. You know? Yeah. I also um he's gonna come back in a sling and we're just like, oh, we're way off. Yeah, I, I also <laughs> I also think pos- positioning wise, Yidri will get Alex in weird positions where he can grapple with him like he did with Glover. Uh, mm. And I, I think, like I said, at sea level, I think Jan takes his fight. I think he doesn't get as, as exhausted and he can mix in the takedowns better. But yeah, beautiful timing too. Like there's this one where uh, Alex steps in for a lead right hook. Oh yeah. And right when he stepped in the level change, man, and it was such an easy takedown mm-hmm. uh, for, for Jan. And I was just thinking to myself like, man, he, he had, his timing down. And yeah. like you said, if he would have mixed it up just a little bit more, I think it would have been an easy one for Jan. Well, well, I think, uh, remember I said in this, I was like, what I would do if I was Jan, because you have to trick them into thinking that you're going to strike with them because the takedown can't be obvious. They can't know it's coming, right? And I was like, dude, they both have such good leg kicking game that if they just kind of, if he just plays that leg kick game with them and, and he gets Alex being like, you're going to leg kick me, I'll leg kick you back. And they keep trading those. That yeah. was set up the takedown so well. And that's exactly how the second round started. They were just trading leg kicks, and eventually he took him down. And I was like, oh, dude, 
I was all feeling myself. I'm like, I'm a fucking psychic, dude. And then Alex <laughs> was like, I'm just going to get up. And then I'm going to hurt him with uh, my hands. I was like, ah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, but it was a good it was, fight. It was, it was a good fight. And like Regensen, I think uh, I think Alex Pareto winning is actually something that's really good for the division. Yeah. It makes it more exciting. Do they do uh, – if if Yidri isn't ready, do you think they do Ankalaya versus Pareto? Because I, I think there's no way Pareto wins that fight. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I think they're burnt out on the uh, Uncle Live. Yeah, I think so. I don't know too. what he did to piss them off that much. But we saw what he did like, against Jan. Yeah, a 10 8 round in the fifth round. Was, yeah. I don't know. But I'm fine with uh, him not getting the title shot and us just waiting for <laughs> no, dude. Yuji versus Alex is a fucking banger. All right. We're 30 minutes in already. We just barely covered yeah. the uh, the, Two the uh, co main and the main. Uh, so we'll fly through these. We had Derek Lewis versus Marcos Togerio de Lima. Yeah, and we texted each other before this one because this was not in our predictions because it was on the prelims. And I was like, you know what? I think de Lima, uh, via lay and pray because it's heavyweights at altitude, Derek Lewis is going to get tired. De Lima is going to take him down. He's going to lay on him. And you said, give me Derek Lewis. And he said, all right, Ramiro, here's this flying knee to open the fight. <laughs> yep. Yep. Insane, and uh, just as I predicted it, I said Derek was yeah. like flying me in the first round. Like switched uh, me even. <laughs> yeah, dude, look at that face, too. He's trying to kill that boy. Look at that. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, Derek uh, Lewis is <laughs> Derek Lewis winning is good for the sport. And it's good for the world, I think. Because you, I was gonna say humanity. It's good for humanity. Yeah. Because when he loses, it's really sad, and you're like, shit. Like he needs to get better at certain things. And then he has a fight like this, and he's like, I don't need to get better at certain things. I just hit really hard. <laughs> he doesn't. And the thing is, look, dude, this is going to be Derek Lewis' career. He's going to win some. Mm-hmm. He's going to lose some. And, you know, it, it But when he be... wins them, oh, it's so much everybody fun. knock out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much fun, man. Um, yeah, and you could see, too, like, at first, the first angle, I'm like, oh, I think it was just the weight of Derek Lewis. The you know, uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going it's in. 263 pounds flying Law of inertia, you know? Yeah. And then <laughs> – the different angle from behind Lewis, and you see it, the knee land right on the chin. You're like, oh, Perfect. no, he caught him. Delima covers up like with this guard, but leaves this open, <laughs> and the knee just goes right in there. <laughs> it was beautiful. The best. When Joe asked me, he's like, were you planning on coming out with a fly knee to start off the fight? He's like, hell nah. He's like, yeah. I just do some bullshit up there hoping it landed. <laughs> and yeah. it did. And sometimes that's what it is. And let's not forget, when he so he drops him with the flying knee. Uh, Delima goes back. Uh, he's he's standing over him in the stat guard, trying to throw ground and pound shots. Delima's doing a pretty good job, uh, throwing like a knee shield up, trying to hook a leg to try to get him off balance. Things like he was working pretty well off of his back. Um, but when you have someone who's 260 pounds above you throwing shots at you, you can only do so much. And eventually, yeah. he rolls over to Turtle, and I was like, you know what, he might survive this. Uh, but then it was like, oh no, he rolled the Turtle to just take no damage until they stop it that that's what they try to survive this uh like actually but not getting out but just like yes exactly yeah not survive (laughs) not not survive this barrage and keep fighting just to yeah not die survive life survive (laughs) life because that's the thing like um you know we're watching the fights and i'm like well he's defending pretty well and it's like yeah but even with those hands up like that man it's Mm -hmm. Derek lewis and yeah. one of those shots gets Big through shots. even a little bit. Something grazes mm-hmm. off the hand and just hits you like near the temple in the back of your head. Your ass is wobbled, man. Yeah. And so he gets the finish. Uh, Delima's in turtle position. He's standing over him like that picture. He gets the finish. 
immediately runs over, does his celebration when he gets on the ground, does the thing, and immediately takes his shorts off and he starts dancing. And I was like, "Oh no!" First Wait he did the uh, first he did the suck it right uh, in his underwear, and then yeah. uh, then he starts dancing, does like ten different dance moves. And I was like, "This is this is why when Derek Lewis wins, it's good for humanity." <laughs> he takes his gloves off, and I was like, "Oh no." Is he going to retire? But I was like, at the same time, if he did, fucking pretty baller. And then yeah. he just throws his gloves out into the crowd. And I was like, that's even cooler. What a cool thing to do. You know, For just sure, throw him out to the crowd. Imagine you catch Derek Lewis's glove or his in the cup. crowd. You catch it. You're like, yeah, he throws his cup out there. He keeps dancing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was, He's out of it, control. Was, it was amazing. He's it was peak Derek Lewis. It really yeah. was. Props to Derek Lewis, man. Uh, he moves now to 27 and 11 uh, in the heavyweight division. He's ranked he, uh, 11th. Yeah, and he ties he ties that uh, most knockouts in UFC history. Matt Brown edged him out with his last performance, and then uh, so now he just brought it back to tie it again. Ah, oh, man, stuff. I mean, it is, it is. if you want a record in the UFC, there's some good ones, right? Most successful title defenses, uh, most, most submissions. submissions. You know, most bonuses, uh, most knockouts. Uh, Come on, most yeah. knockouts has got to be the coolest. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. All you right, know, Pete, ready to move Pete on? Rose has most hits. You know, Pete Rose has the most hits in the MLB, but Barry Bonds got the homers, and one of those is much cooler than the other. <laughs> hey, give me Barry all day, dude. That's my yeah. guy right there. All right, yeah. um, we'll move on now. Steroids. We have, but hey, dude, he's clean, man. He's all natty. What are you talking about? He, Bobby uh, Green. The steroids he was taking was called the clear, so maybe. Oh, to get out of here. Bobby Green versus <laughs> Tony Ferguson. Uh, both of these guys, I believe, are as clean as Barry Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds <laughs> was clean. Uh, but, yeah, uh, in this one, you predicted Bobby Green. Your boy, Bobby yeah. Green. You're right to die, Bobby My Green. My submission. Since day like, one. Every, like everybody thought. Like everybody <laughs> predicted. No, uh, I, I had picked Tony Ferguson. This was my one yeah. blemish all night. Uh, mm. And, you know, I, I know that he came in. Uh, you know, a massive underdog into this. I want to say he was like plus 300 or something, plus 400 by the time that the fight actually started. It was something insane. Yeah. It was and I said, a disrespect on Tony Ferguson. <laughs> and then the fight started, and I was like, oh no, he looks he every dropped. bit of 39. He looked then he every bit him. of 39. When he the, dropped yeah, him, were you did. like, I called this? No, I did not. <laughs> and, I over? swear. <laughs> no, no, no. I did not, not one bit. Because, you know, uh, Bobby Green looked out of position there. He catches yeah. him, looked like a hard right jab, I think, and when he was in the south. It was uh, as Southwell. Bobby was kicking, too. Yeah, and so he caught he him off balance. Foot. And the way that he fell on his ass, not flat mm-hmm. back, right? He fell on his ass, and he bounced right back up. I was like, oh, he's fine. He's fine. So I was yeah. like, hey, you know what, Ferguson? Good shot. Yeah. Good shot, Ferguson. And then, like I said, he just looked every bit of 39. Uh, yeah. He looked every bit of somebody that had been in multiple wars. The speed mm-hmm. difference was so evident, man. Bobby Green was so Dude. much faster. The thing that, yeah, and, and I see already some, there's a lot of Bobby Green haters, right? Because anytime you're a character like that, there's going to be people who dislike you. Um, and it's funny because any, whenever he's winning, people are like, yeah, fucking Bobby Green, so sick. And then he loses and everyone's like, this guy fucking runs his mouth. And he fucking, and it's like, all right, dude. probably different people, right? Probably different. It's not, it's the yeah, internet, yeah. so you don't really know. But uh, Burner account. Burner accounts, yeah. As Dana would say, fake account. But yeah, uh, I think Tony... Look, people are hating on Bobby because of the eye poke. He got dropped, and then like 30 seconds later, he, he got him with the eye poke. And everyone's like, that was intentional so he could survive. I don't think that for one second. 
I don't think that was intentional. I think things happen. Uh, Tony came back in it, and they were fighting. This is the problem with Tony at this point in his career. He's old. He's battle-worn. Um, but he still is a very talented fighter, and he's still he's still good, right? Because in this fight, it's it's especially in the first the first two rounds where uh, Tony just walking Bobby down. He still had that elite pressure. He wasn't following him. He was cutting him off. Yeah. But the issue was, the two issues were, he was gun shy. He was not throwing enough. So if you're pressuring someone like that and you're not throwing, you're just walking onto punches, right? You're punching yeah. back at that point. You're giving your and not just that, but you're moving into punches. You're walking onto punches, which makes them hit harder. Um, you have to at least throw if you're going to press. You can't pressure and do nothing. You have to throw. You have to shoot. You have to do something. Otherwise, you're just walking onto punches, and that's what he was doing. The other side is um, his head movement was there, but you could tell the reaction time was not at all. So when he was walking onto those punches, you can see sometimes there's fighters where they'll get popped and then they'll like react after, you know, uh, it's not, it's not super common, but it is common enough where you, it's, it's a familiar look. And that's what was happening in this fight where Tony was walking him down. He was kind of moving. He'd get hit and he'd be like, Ooh, but he already got hit. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's more so maybe for the, the, the next punch that's coming, but, um, but seeing that kind of delayed reaction, uh, and the gun shyness, it's it's just time. It's time to call it. I was you hoping know? that at the end of the fight, we'd see him start taking his gloves off and, you know, yeah. start the preparation for the retirement, and he didn't. I was like, God yeah. damn it, Tony. Just let it go, man. And it, It's, it's going to be one of those – the UFC needs to force it like they did with It's going to be yeah. one of those Diego Sanchez things, I think, where he's going to continue fighting or as BJ. long as he can. And, and uh, it That's sucks, dude, because a, a lot of this uh, – this generation of fans, the newer generation of fans are coming in, are seeing this Tony Ferguson, and uh, it sucks. I know it's a part of life, man, but that's not Tony. It's not Tony, man. Well, you know, yeah, Tony had a speak. Everybody was calling him the Khabib killer. Remember how excited everybody was? Win streak. Oh, my God. Dude, and it, and it's a shame because everybody says uh, – shout out Toasty. Toasty's in here. Hey, the champ um, is here. one champ. Hey, look, look at that shirt you got on, too. The champ is here. Yeah, dude, you're right. Favorite, bro, you know. California kid. Um, kid but Tony like it sucks because history will never remember him as an undisputed champ when in my opinion he was mm. um, it the UFC did him dirtier than Dirty. most fighters you know there's Tony Ferguson there's Jacques Array there's certain guys that get fucked over real bad by the UFC Tony Ferguson might be at the top of that list yeah. A, he is a very good case for the top of that list because when he was on the 12 fight win streak and Connor had the belt and then he went over to box Floyd and they kept him with the belt. Meanwhile, Tony's the interim champ. Fuck out of here. And then he defends the interim belt. Come on. That's the undisputed champ. Yeah. That's so he says champ. Gilbert Melendez. Dude, I, I'll never forget yeah, Gilbert Melendez versus Diego Sanchez. Oh, my God. What a fight. I'll never forget Gilbert Melendez coming in and fighting uh, Benson Henderson for the belt and mm. beating him, and they don't give it to him. It's bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Maybe Fucking we should do uh, an episode like that, most screwed over by the UFC, and then we just talk about the different fighters. It'd be three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderboy oh, has a pretty good case after this weekend. <laughs> yeah, but uh, hey, props to Bobby Green. Uh, Tony Ferguson falls to 25 and nine. And again, this was a pick where you picked Bobby Green. I picked uh, Tony Ferguson. Who did uh, Rich pick for the last couple fights, by the way? 
You I never don't know, man. So we'll I know that Rich out. picked Dustin Poirier. <laughs> I think yep. he picked Blahovich. And then uh, we didn't get so. his pick for Derek Lewis. Because it was and on the prelims. I, I, did he pick Bobby Green? I don't remember. Rich I think he picked Bobby Green. Did he? Okay. All right. Well, hey, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Tosi says Rich, Rich picked again. <laughs> you shall not pass. That's right. All right. Uh, Kevin Holland White, versus though. Michael Chiesa. Kevin Holland versus Michael Chiesa. Kevin Holland, the boy from Fort Worth. You know I had to pick Kevin Holland uh, going into this. And I did say inactivity for Michael Chiesa. I feel like he has one foot in and one foot out. Uh, I think he'd rather be behind the desk than inside that octagon at this point. Uh, you know, he loves the idea of competing for a title. He loves the idea of being a fighter. Um, mm. But, dude, inactivity, when you're going up against a young lion, like a Kevin Holland, who mm. is one of the most active, uh, it, it's not good. It's not a recipe yeah. for success. Yeah, this is the prediction that I feel best about that I had because I was like, Kiesa was a former lightweight. He struggled in the grappling department against welterweights because they're too strong for him. Kevin Holland is not only a welterweight, but someone who has success at middleweight. He's going to be too strong for him in the grappling exchanges. And you can see that immediately every time they grappled that he was way too strong for him. Defended a, a double underhook takedown from the clinch that should have put him down, but somehow he just muscled out of it. Um, mm -hmm. I said Kevin Holland's going to pick him apart. Uh, I said I would not be surprised if Kiesa is forced to shoot on him. And because of that forced shot, Kevin Holland lands some sneaky choke like a Darce or something like that, like Luke did. I believe those are my exact words. And that's no exactly way. what happened. Really? Hey, props so. to you. That was fantastic. That's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, my one good pick. Look, <laughs> the, and, Bobby Green, I don't count so too much because he was a minus 500 favorite or something like that. Hey, it's all good, though. It's still a good pick. Um, one of the things that we pointed out as well, I don't know if you remember, everybody talks about Michael Chiesa's jiu-jitsu. Everybody yep. talks about the fact that he's a grappler. That's mm -hmm. his strength. But and then we went through and we took a look at his losses, <laughs> and they're all submission losses. Yeah. And so maybe he's everybody's a like, jiu-jitsu oh, glass he's, cannon. He's a fantastic jiu-jitsu offensively. Defensively yeah. is another story. Mm -hmm. Uh, which, you know, like I think about the jujitsu practitioners, like I can't imagine that happening to Damian Maya, Hell you know no. what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> and, uh, so we predicted yeah. Holland. This is exactly what we thought was going to happen. You predicted it to a T with the Darce choke even. Well, I uh, said, I said, I didn't really confirm that one as my definite pick. I was like, yeah, I'll he either it, knocks yeah. him out, he either knocks him out yeah. or he does this, 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 lands a choke like a Darce or something like that. That's kind of what I said. So it wasn't like Plus Jimmy dude, Holland by Darce in the first round. <laughs> I want to say it was like 75-inch reach for Kiesa, 81-inch reach for Kevin I mean, Holland. Yeah. So when you have those long, lanky arms like that, man, you mm -hmm. saw how quick he was able to just sink that Darce in. And yeah. uh, the second that he kind of started rolling a little bit, I was like, oh, he's about to tap. And yeah. they're like, no, 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 no. Look, he's still looking around. I was like, no, this is. This is Kiesa. And I'm not trying to talk. <laughs> I'm not trying to talk shit, but I am. Uh, and as soon as he got in a little bit better position, the tab came in right away. Yep. And I was like, there it is, yeah. man. There it Dude, is. Dude, that, and that's what I thought. I was like, man, he's, he's, and that's why I picked Darts because I was like, he's going to force Kiesa to shoot. 
There's no way Kies is going to stand and bang with him. He's going to force a shot. And when you force a shot, you leave your neck open, things like that. And with those long arms, like he's going to be able to, if you're forcing takedowns on a guy with super long arms like that, and Kevin Holland's offensive jiu-jitsu is pretty damn good as well. Um, so I was, I was like, yeah, I could see it happening. And uh, shout out Kevin. Kevin Holland at the end when he's like, yeah, you know, when when you, uh, what do you say? I think he says something like when you put it on Kiesa, he does bad things. Yeah. And it's like film works. And I was like, damn. Yep. <laughs> Dude, he's like, if Neil Magny was a up. better fighter when he fought him, I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> if you would have done his own work. Neil Magny's just out there like, damn, dude. What the fuck yeah. did I do? What I do to you? <laughs> That's so funny. But then he, but then he says right. something concerning, saying that he wants to go back to middleweight. And I was like, no. Yeah, don't do that. Do not do that. Do that. It's a <laughs> terrible it's a perfect, idea. It's his weight class. Yeah. That's where he needs to be. 170 is where he needs to be. Yep. Oh, 100%. All right. Before that, uh, we had Gabriel Bonfim versus Trevin Giles. And when we went through and we picked one fight uh, on the uh, prelims that everybody should uh, watch, I picked Gabriel Bonfim versus Trevin Giles, not because I thought it was going to be an amazing fight, but because I said everybody needs to have eyes on Gabriel Bonfim. Yep. Coming in 14-0, and 0, not only can the boy grapple, but he could strike. He was a professional boxer. He has fast hands. His one-two is one of the fastest one-twos I've seen. Um, and, you know, going up against Trevin Giles, I figured, okay, this is somebody that's going to be willing to trade uh, mm-hmm. with Gabriel Bonfim. It's going to be a good showing. And Gabriel Bonfim said, no need. Let me yeah. just jump into this guillotine real quick and just yeah. <laughs> squeeze the life out of your neck. Uh, dude, well, I think Trevin Giles grew an inch after <laughs> he got this an inch fight. Oh, dude. Dude, Absolutely. well, it wasn't even just that, dude. They open up, and there's a striking exchange where they both go toe-to-toe for a second, and Bonfim ends up clinching him. He ends up working to double underhooks, immediately lifts him, shrugs him, dips under the side, takes his back, standing uh, with, with both underhooks, gets his body body locked or his, his hands locked, and just elevates him, dumps him real quick. And it, it was beautiful. It was so fast. It was to go from striking to double underhook, well, striking to clinch to double underhooks, to duck under to the back, to lifting and getting him on the ground within like three seconds. It was so beautiful. He works on the ground a little bit. He he sits up a little bit to kind of almost let Giles get up. And as he's getting up, he has his hand planted to try to turn up almost like um like a seatbelt sweeper. Like just he got his hips out and, and posted to get up. And the next there, and it looked like Bonfim gave him that space, knowing, hey, the next gonna be there in just a second. Got it. And then he jumped the guillotine, and it was beautiful. It was a really was good awesome. performance. The little this things, kid's the little be connecting into things. Top fifteen soon. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, uh, uh, you have a uh, Michelle Pereira there. You have Ian Machado, Gary, Jack Della Madalena. <laughs> yeah, Jack <laughs> Della Madalena, uh, Michael Chiesa. You know what? Give Michael Chiesa. Uh, Chiesa might be done, dude. Uh, I, Chiesa yeah. should not be ranked, in my opinion. Give him Michael Kiesa. Yeah. Let him go in there, and that'll probably help him break into the top 15. Or just put him in the top 15 now. Fuck it. Drop drop Michelle Pajeda. You can't even make the weight. Drop him out of the rankings. You miss weight, you shouldn't be ranked. Especially How funny is that, though? We're talking about how massive Michelle Pajeda is during the the predictions episode. And they're like, he misses weight weight by three pounds. And I was like, well, yep. We we didn't call the miss weight. Dude, that would have been a really good prediction. Yeah, it would. If we would have just come in and be like, no fight, Michelle Pereira misses weight, 
Wonder Boy being also, a smart guy says, I'm not fighting. Fuck Wonder Boy. He doesn't even get his money for it. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be a prediction. A company oh, man, man like Wonder Boy can't even get his show money when his opponent misses weight. Fuck out of here. That is Messed horseshit. Up, Messed up. We'll cover that. Poor, poor yeah. Wonder Boy. All right. Uh, this is where we start skipping some fights here for the sake of time. Uh, we're going to go yeah. down to uh, Roman Copula versus Claudio Ibedo. Which is the fight that I said to watch out for on the prelims. Um, you did. And Russian I couldn't Chase watch Hooper. this live. You're at Russian Ch- Chad Hooper is what is uh, the new name. It's Chad oh. Hooper. Uh, also, um, if you ever needed to know that the teletapes were wildly inaccurate, the UFC has a uh, Hibero Hibero uh, listed Hibero. an inch taller than Kapilov. So, uh, what are we doing here? Because Kapilov is clearly at least two inches taller than him. Um, yeah. So it makes me it makes me distrust the reach stats, all that stuff. Um, I think they just asked the fighters like, "Hey, how tall are you?" And he's like, "Uh, six two. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Like, oh, nice, dude." <laughs> he's like, yeah. congratulations <laughs> uh but yeah i was like dude this is a this is a showcase matchup for copula because claudio if you watch his contender series fight and his last fight he just swings wild with these big looping shots uh and Kopilov, uh copula just throws these nice sharp straight punches and i was like if i'm copula i'm asking for hooking style fighters constantly because i can beat him to the punch with those straights and uh, watching this, I had to watch this back because I didn't get to watch it live. Um, the way Kopilov hops in and out of range, uh, his distance management and the, his fainting and his, his punch speed, the speed at which he does all of that at middleweight, I had to double check to make sure I didn't like have it on like, like fast mm. forward or like 1.25 speed or something like that. Because I was like, I had I looked at the clock to watch the, the time on the clock. I was like, "Is this sped up right now? Like, like what the fuck is going on here?" He's just that fat. It is incredible. Yeah. Um, and and he was piecing him up the whole first round, and then Claudio lands lands one of those big shots on him, and that's the that's the dangerous thing of fighting someone who hooks like that because when they do land, it's uh it's devastating, and he had him hurt there for a little bit. Uh, he landed some good shots. Second round comes out. And Kapilov, with that lightning speed, he just goes shoulder faint so fast. Live, you don't even see it. You don't even see the shoulder faint live. Uh, at least I didn't. I didn't see it. And he draws out a lead left hook from Hibero where it's looping again. He draws that out because the shoulder faint, he's like, oh, he's throwing the jab. Here's my left hook. Watch this. And he throws it and he whiffs completely because it was just a, a shoulder faint. And he goes up with that left high kick uh as he's throwing that left hook and it was lightning fast it was beautiful sits him down with it it was beautiful what, sequence. Oh, they man. showed that replay multiple Kabilov. times different angles and i was like dude that mm-hmm. was such a beautiful setup because like you said hibedo was sitting there and he was thinking counter right with the left yeah because he saw he was like all right he's coming with the right it was a shoulder this yeah. real quick and and throw that counter left and then as he's throwing it, he's looking yeah. he's like, oh, no. And yeah. there's nothing to do about that foot coming, that chin coming right to his uh, his face. It was yeah. a beautiful sequence, man, by Kapilov. Um, yeah. And now the question is, again, who's next for Kapilov? This is somebody else that needs to be ascending. At middleweight, too. At middleweight, Ooh. like, it's a barren division. You know, we have so to get new fun. blood in there. Uh, uh, Khalil Roundtree, maybe? Oh, that would be fun, right? That would be really fun. Yeah, 
and, and, it, and it's extra exciting because you don't know who he's getting. Like it's Khalil uh, Roundtree Muay Thai. It's Khalil yeah. Roundtree uh, like Match emo. Ball, you shake it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. so it's extra exciting for Talk Talk too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, but yeah, super exciting. Love watching well, Talk Love now. Yeah, I think. Like I said, this was kind of a showcase matchup style-wise where he's going to be able to excel and really show off his game. And I thought he did exactly what he needed to do uh, in this one. Hey, shout-out DL says, love Khalil. Love, love. love. How can you not? I, I, I think I see some people who are like, get that shit out of here where he's like crying in the post-fight interview and stuff. And it's like, what are you – like, this hey, is a real-ass you know dude. What, though? You know what, though? You know what I liked about that? Real tears. Huh. Unlike real tears, bro. That's what Amanda I'm saying. Amanda Nunes. Unlike, you know what? I'm not gonna say anything else. Real tears. I appreciate <laughs> none of uh, what is what does middleweight look like? Middleweight. If you go to Tapology, you can see the rankings past the top 15, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Kapilov is nowhere near the 15 on their rankings, so who knows? But maybe someone like Brad Tavares, uh, ooh, Robocop versus Kapilov would be awesome. That would be a fun. Fun one. Um, Gerald Mearshart. Phil Hawes would yeah. be fun also. Uh, I just want to see him more active because there he is. So they have a few guys above him. Uh, Chidi and Jaquani would be fun. Um, yeah, but give, give him a little bit more time up there. Who? Oh, no. You know, I was thinking about Nzechukwu. Oh, no. Because he no, just no. barely broke into the top 15. I was like, no, don't. You're like, hey, man. Don't take him out of there, dude. <laughs> Give him some more time, okay? Yeah, Injaquani would be cool. Robocop, Brad Tavares, one of those types of guys I think would be fun for uh, for Kapilov. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can move on. I think we're covering just two more fights. What time? Oh, we got five minutes. Let me see here. Uh, Jake Matthews versus Darius Flowers. Yeah, Darius Flowers coming in on short notice, right, to take his UFC debut. Um, Joe Rogan did this man so dirty in this fight. And it sucks because he's going to get so much hate online because of it. Because Joe is just like fucking. I hate when Joe like says something that is just like an opinion of his. And then he just runs away with it. Because they're fighting, right? Darius Flowers is, is coming at Jake Matthews real real aggressive the whole first round. Matthews doing a fantastic. You never know which Matthews you're going to get either. This one was high vision Jake Matthews where he's slipping shots. And he's landing some ni- like nice little counters. I was like, this is the Matthews I like to see. I think it's very when he's on, he's very fun to watch. Like when he fought, uh, who was it? Where it was like, it was just beautiful. Um, I'll pull it up right now. God damn it! It wasn't his last fight. Uh, Fialho. Andre Fialho. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, and we kind of got that Jake Matthews a little bit in this one. He looked really good. Um, and Flowers just in his face, aggressive, getting hit with shots, landing some shots of his own. Um, and then in the second round, Jake Matthews lands a beautiful kick to the body. The toes are right on the liver. It was beautiful. But his heel hits him in the cup. And he goes down immediately, and he's holding his cup. And then Joe's like, they show the replay, and Joe's like, that was a clean kick to the body. And, like, it was. The toes landed there, but he also hit the cup. And everybody knows that it doesn't have to be a hard shot to the groin to to really Mm -hmm. take it out of you. Uh, Especially, like, with the cup on, yeah, they protect – but anybody who's been hit while wearing a cup knows sometimes all it takes is it for it to be nudged or like jolted a certain way. And it knocks 
something, right? As as it shifts to the left or something, it knocks something. It just has to hit it just right, and it and you'll feel like you're about to throw up. It doesn't have to be a clean straight shot to the groin. Yeah. And then there he's he keeps he's hammering it. He's like he's like this is not good. That was a clean body kick. This, what are they gonna do? Is this gonna be a TKO? Once he watches it, he's gonna see it. And then uh, Annex like. Well, you know, like the only person who really knows is Flower, and then Joe's like, "No, no, no, that that landed," and, and he cuts him off. And Annex like, "Okay, I'll I'll go back, Joe. I don't want to. I never want to speak over you because that's that's Annex's role in this whole in his whole gig. Even though he's the play by play guy, he's the one that's supposed to dictate the commentary. Hey, you want to talk about Annex like uh like Holland talking about he Neil never, Magny, bro? Because, Annex gonna be because, like, "Hey, bro." Yeah, he should because Brendan Fitzgerald, when when someone is like says some bullshit. He actually calls him out on it, and he's like, "Hey, we got a fucking fight going on. That's stupid." He, you know, how many times he sits down, Bisping, mm. where Anik, anytime a fighter says something or Joe says something, Anik back downs immediately. And it's like, "Hey, man, it's your booth. You're the play-by-play guy. Stand yeah. like, have some fucking like, stand up for yourself." Um, but <laughs> and then Joe, after the fact, acknowledges he's like, "Yeah, the heel did hit the cup, but the point of impact was on the body," and it's like. Well, he hit him in the cup then, Joe. What do you yeah. mean? If he hits him in the cup, it's a low blow. It doesn't matter if some of the impact went here, some of the imp- he hit him in the cup. And and it sucks because I already see a ton of like comments on like social media and stuff calling out flowers for that. And it's like dudes in his UFC debut got kicked in the nuts and now everybody's coming at him for that. It's bullshit. It's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, uh I can't remember. What did DC say about it? DC kind of agreed with Joe and then he kind of stopped talking because Joe just like went off on it and they kind of all just like let him do it and just kind of backed out a little bit. But originally mm-hmm. DC was like, yeah, that's a body kick. And he agreed with him. And then he kind of just like, was like, this doesn't matter as much as Joe seems to think it matters and just kind of chilled on it. It's quiet after a while. Yeah. Joe was terrible all night. Honestly, I love, I I'm, I'm the first guy to think to, to <laughs> DL says can't stand Joe. Uh, I, I'm the hey, first guy to say Joe haters here. I think the UFC is better with Joe in the commentary booth. I do. Like, I think he's iconic. I think, like, his voice is synonymous with the UFC commentary. But he was especially bad this night. He called Bobby Green Bobby Lee mid-fight. Uh, oh, dude, he was thinking of they, one of his good friends. Yeah, they, they were talking about before the fight. Like, it was the fight just started, the Pajeda versus uh, Jan fight. And they were John Ank was like, yeah, Pajeda said, he like, yeah, he knows he's going to be uh, a little slower at this weight class and, and stuff like that. But he's still, like, uh, find ways around that. And Joe's like, but he's not, though. We saw it in the last one. And it's like, Joe, this is his first fight at light heavyweight in the UFC. What are you talking about? Mm. And it, it's like like he just kept making mistakes throughout the night. And this one pissed me off because now Flowers has to deal with the, the backlash from it. And that sucks. Yeah. Poor Flowers. This is UFC debut. Now he's got to deal with this bullshit after also losing. Great great job by Jake Matthews getting the finish here, too. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Uh, uh, he'll get another crack at it, though. Darius Flowers. Yeah. He'll do yeah. fine. Maybe. All right. That's my rant for uh, the episode, though. <laughs> we also had uh, Udo's Medich. Udo's Medich versus Matthew Semelsberger. Banger. Great fight. Yeah, dude. And I feel like this isn't the first time that we've seen something similar to this with Semelsberger where he cracks somebody and he has, you know, an opportunity yeah, to finish. Him, he does. And then it just doesn't end up going his way mm-hmm. by the end of the night, you know, and, uh, Damn, in this case, it just sucks. That spinning uh, back just that landed on him. Uh, and I don't think that that was the one thing that just absolutely took him out. It's just an accumulation of shots mm-hmm. leading up to. Uh, but, man, what a fun fight. 
Yeah, Semmelsberger cracks him good in the first round with that piston of a, of a straight punch he throws. And then there's that, that moment where they're flurrying after he gets back up, Medich gets back up, and he, he's chasing him down. He cracks him again with that right hand, drops him again, but he falls right into a takedown. And I was like, this is a fun fight. Medich on the outside with his kicks, his high kick, his body kick, things like that were, were working really well. Uh, I thought this was a pretty bad stoppage, though. I watched this one this morning. It was a pretty terrible stoppage. Yeah, it was a little early. Semmelsberger still seemed like he was defending intelligently. Well, he he throws he throws the spin, he lands it. Semmelsberger falls down, and it looked bad with the way he fell. Um, but immediately he's he's got his guard up, he's got his his feet up, and Medich is trying to land some shots, and he's working. He's pushing off with his feet, he's moving his head, and the ref steps in, and immediately he's like, "What? Like yeah. I was in this, and and it, this was a bad stoppage, but it was a very fun fight." Yeah, it was rough. By the way, Rich, can you go back to the uh, weigh-in picture? This, I saw this, and I was like, wow, well, this must be our producer, Rich. Uh, on the left side, there's Semmelsberger <laughs> with the beard and the hair. Uh, I'm telling you, anybody, if you have not met Rich, that is, uh, that's Rich right there. If Rich were to work out every day, that'd be Rich right there. <laughs> Get a bunch of tattoos. <laughs> Get a bunch of tattoos, yeah, learn how to fight. Uh, that'd be Rich. All right, yeah. uh, I think that Bro, was the last fight. of a right hand. <laughs> yeah that was the last one that was the last one all right uh we go on to a shout out miranda maverick for uh for beating uh priscilla catchueta by the way hopefully that was the last yeah, time nice arm bar. catchueta fight nice armbar but yes uh moment of silence will yeah it was a, it was a doozy lost. huh um yeah so paulo costa was originally supposed to be on the uh main card um and Paulo Costa just kind of was like, I never signed this fight. I was never going to fight this fight and waited till the week of the fight to really definitely say that, uh, which is hilarious. So they book him to fight Hamzat, which is like the UFC has done this before where they book Paulo Costa and they advertise like he's going to be on a card. And then he's like, I never signed that. They did it with Robert Whitaker when he was supposed to fight Robert Whitaker. He's like, I never signed that. Don't try to leverage. Like, don't try to strong arm me by putting me on the card, advertising that fight's going to happen. Now I feel like I have to take it. And he's like, I'm not going to do that, which is I, I, I like Paulo Costa for doing stuff like that. Um, so they move Wonderboy versus Michelle Pajeda up to the main card. Um, because of that, uh, Jojo was supposed to fight Priscilla Cachueta. She went through. Miranda Maverick steps in, arm bars her. Hopefully that's the last time Priscilla gets a UFC fight. Get her out of there. Selmsberger was supposed to fight Johan. Uh, I'm going to butcher this last name. Lenazy? Nasty? Lenazy? I'd have to hear it. I know he's the Canadian, right? Uh, that would have been a fun fight, but we got a, probably a more fun fight with Medich. Jake Matthews was originally supposed to fight Baeza. That would have been a really fun fight. That would have yeah, been would've. very, very fun. But Baeza had to withdraw. And then the big one, the big drama show, was Michelle Pajeda <laughs> against Stephen Thompson that got bumped up to the main card. Michelle Pajeda weighs in at 174. And so they're like, he missed weight by three pounds because you get that pound allowance. Wonder Boy, it's up to Wonder Boy to take the fight. If he does, he gets some of Michelle's purse. And he says, No, I don't want to fight him because he missed weight. And that's not what I, my bout agreement wasn't to fight somebody who couldn't make weight. My bout agreement was to fo- supposed to fight somebody at welterweight. Uh, so I'm not going to fight him. And the UFC said, Cool, Wonder Boy, how about you go fuck off then? And uh, we're not going to pay you anything, <laughs> even though you did your job. That's fucking oh, horseshit, Lord. dude. Monster Tony, shout out Monster Tony saying, I hope. They cut Priscilla. Man, everybody so hating too, on Cachoeira, yeah. huh? 
Yeah, that's what happens when you cheat every goddamn fight and you eye gouge. Not eye pokes, but eye gouge to try to get out of a yeah. choke. Get the Dude, fuck. She, she should have been cut right off that fight. She was like, it was She was action. dominated that fight, though. She was dominated against yeah. uh, Miranda Maverick. It, She's it was been dominated in most Miranda. of her fights. Get her the fuck out of there. Dang, dude, monster dude if I have you in a, in a rear naked choke and you reach up and you just stick your fingers in my eye to try to get out of the choke, you're gone. Why would you yeah. not get cut after that? That's crazy. True. But true. At least we got to see uh, her get uh, submitted she, again. So that was cool. She did not get a bonus, but who did? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got <laughs> uh, Gaethje gets a performance bonus for the high kick, the mirror high kick, uh, the Utah high kick, we should call it. Uh, the Utah hike and like Derek Lewis gets one for his flying knee, his 265 pound flying knee, which is beautiful. Bobby Green gets one for submitting Tony Ferguson, hopefully putting Ferguson out of pasture so we don't have to see him get beat up anymore. And then Kevin Holland gets one for choking Kiesa. Uh, I go. feel like one of these nights, I mean, Kapilov should have got a bonus. Um, I thought uh, Bonfim should have got a bonus. Um, those two should have got bonuses. <laughs> they need the 50K a lot more than some of the guys on the pay-per-view, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, again, the budget. It's going to break the budget. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, we saved all, look at all this money we saved from from uh, from not having to pay Wonder Boy or Michelle Pajeda. Maybe we should turn that into bonuses for everybody else. Nah. Oh, that would have been legit. What did they say that? They came out and like, hey, the money that we're gonna give these two fuckers. They didn't even show up to the fucking press conference. They had some like, some weird like Utah frat boy at the press conference hyping up Utah, and it's like, who the fuck are you? He's got like a backwards <laughs> hat on. Like I was like, who is this dude, bro, who's fucking trying to convince everybody that Utah is awesome? You know? Really? I didn't even see that. You didn't see that? Yeah, it was, nah. it was weird. Awesome. Sounds awesome. says agreed on the copy lot bonus. Kick was so clean. It was beautiful. And then in slow motion with the shoulder feint to draw the counter and then oh beautiful money. Setup. That's some high yep. level shit. Uh what do we have these upcoming uh this upcoming weekend? Yeah, I gotta catch up on Bellator versus Ryzen. That was also this weekend. I saw my boy lost, and then Horiguchi, uh the fight ended with an eye poke, so maybe I won't go back and watch it out of uh sadness. But um let's we see. have uh one fight night. 13 is it one fight night 13 on friday that's gonna be fucking awesome uh chingy's alexov maybe uh i mean come on alexov versus gregorian is like i don't think people realize like how good these guys are at striking but you guys you have guys like gregorian alexov super bond taiwan chai and one's having them fight each other and it's crazy because these are the best strikers in the world you know people are like wonder boy Alex Bejeda, no, 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 no. These dudes get slept. Like, these guys are, <laughs> I mean, the weight classes, right? But, like, these guys are, like, next, next level strikers. Like, it's insane. You got Musa Messi versus Brooks. Brooks is, uh, he's their champ, the MMA champion. So, he's going over to the submission grappling to challenge uh, Musa Messi. That's a fun fight. Um, Musa Messi fight on there. every uh, fight night. I mean, it's jujitsu. You can just keep doing it, you know. Yeah, keep making those bonuses, you dude. Must be Why making not? a decent amount of money. He's gotta be. I mean, he gets a, he gets a bonus every time. He gets at least fifty k. He's fighting. He does it every every month. Man. Yeah, fifty k every month is not too bad, you know. Not too shabby. <laughs> not too shabby. Uh, Taiwan Shai is fighting uh, uh, Kiria. That's a kickboxing match. They also just announced his next fight at Muay Thai against Superbon. Uh, so that's fun. Lineker is back. We thought he was going to retire, but he's back. 
against J1 Kim. That's a fun fight. You got Anna Jerunsik. Come on, dude. Supergirl, she's back. That's a fun fight. You got Buchecha versus Rug Rug uh, on the card as well. Buchecha, another heavyweight who's like, he's a top 15 heavyweight in the world, in my opinion. His jiu-jitsu is insane. That's a fun card, man. As a poor, as and a so like on uh, that too. in topology where it shows number three, that's what they rank them in the world, right? It's not just in, yeah. uh, in one. I believe so. No, that's so that one next to Buchecha, number three, that's heavyweight in Southeast Asia, is what that rank is. It. I'm not Got sure it. where they have okay. him in worldwide heavyweight, but he's a top 15 heavyweight, you know. Uh, he's really good. Uh, so that's the one card. Um, what do we have for the UFC? That's uh. Ranked uh, number 63 in the world is what yeah, they put bullshit. down on there. That's cool. <laughs> He'd be a top 15 in the UFC immediately if he came over. Um, Corey Sanhagen versus Rob Font um, on the 5th, so the Saturday after. <clears throat> That's a fun fight. It was supposed to be – who's Sanhagen supposed to fight? Um, Magomedov, right? Mm, uh, yes, no. more. Was it? Yeah, that would have been yeah, fun, was, dude. He was supposed to fight Umar. Yeah, so Font steps in on short notice. That's a fun fight, too. Rob Font's a dog. Andrade versus Suarez. If Suarez gets this win, she's going to get a title shot, I think. Dustin Jacoby, my boy, versus Nzechiku. Hopefully he can get that one. Gavin That's Tucker a big fight Diego. for Tatiana Suarez, oh, though, for sure. Diego, Huge fight. Diego's back. Diego's back against Gavin Tucker. I like this guy. Diego Lopez. Tanner Bozer, too? Tanner Bozer. Probably his last UFC fight. Probably his last UFC fight. Kyler Phillips is back. Billy the Kid. Kyler Phillips is back. Ignacio Bajomondes versus Ludovic Klein. Oh, my God. That is the card. fight to watch on that card. Yeah, this is not bad. Ode Osborne. Ode Osborne. Jake Hadley versus Cody yeah. Durden. I don't know why they gave – Tony says it's so excited to have Tatiana back. Seriously, oh, yeah. dude. 100%. And especially she takes that fight at uh, 125. And I was like, ah, I don't know if that's the move. And now I'm glad to see she's she thought so too. She's back at 115. She, I mean, if she wins that fight, it's a title shot. I mean, it's gotta be. It's gotta, gotta be. be. But I don't know why Jake Hadley versus Cody Durden. Can we just not give Jake Hadley any wrestlers? Can we just watch him strike because his striking is so fun to watch? Mm. And instead, they're like, let's give him a a, a wrestler that nobody likes. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing, man? You're killing yeah. this kid. All right, and then uh, we have one more event. Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz. Yes, that's coming up as well. Oh, my God. That's going to be over Uh, here in Dallas. Uh, I was thinking about going, but then I was like, man, I don't know if I want to go. Yeah. Don't go. No, I'm I'm probably not going to go. I'm Um, happy Nate's getting money, but this is not going to be good. Uh, did you see where they went through and they uh, asked him a question? He was walking out of some building and they're like, hey, man, I heard that uh, Jake Paul said that he's more than willing to take an MMA fight after this boxing match with you, blah, blah, oh, yeah. blah. And uh, Nate confirmed. He's like, yeah. And he goes, uh, word on the streets, you're going to get paid $10 million or something like that. And he was like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was that that one where he's like getting in a car while they're asking him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Terrible and he's like, get me out of here. Get me <laughs> yeah. out of here. All right. Uh, but that's up, all – uh, Gonna, gonna, I think that's all we got for this week. Do you have uh, uh, anything yeah. else? No, I think that's it, man. All right. I, so, hey. Man, I really don't want to see Nate get fucking rocked by a YouTuber. Neither do I, man. Neither do it's I. It's going to happen. But man. shout out. Prepare Monster yourself. Tony. 
DL Toasty Regen. It's always fun whenever y'all join us and chat live with us and uh, talk. Yeah, makes the show better. Yeah. Um, and then Andrew Toasty October 21st is looking like what we are shooting for uh, for his pro debut. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm have you back on soon, Toasty, so we could talk about that last fight where you oh, won yeah. gold. At Uriah Faber's A1 combat. Come on. Awesome, I'm still man. hyped about that shit. I, uh, I was actually, so my brother, it was my brother's birthday um, yesterday. We were at the beach and a few of his buddies, they all saw it too. And they're like, damn, dude, that was sick. Like your boy got, and I was like, dude, that's fucking sick, dude. Toasty. Yeah. That is so awesome, man. Um, but yeah, hey, everybody, tell your friends, your family, anybody that likes mixed martial arts, Moms. tell them to. Hop on, yeah. Moms love the podcast, as Regen says. Uh, but yeah, tell them to go ahead, subscribe. We're trying to reach three thousand subscribers, uh, almost there. So and uh, close, yeah, if you don't like watching through YouTube, I think yeah, storythefight.com, right? Will storythefight.com will list everything. Uh, it's story everywhere. the fight everywhere. Everywhere. Uh, and before we go, I have to let everybody know, Will, this podcast right here, produced by Rich Semelsberger. There it is. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to another week of Story of the Fight.